um, Dennis Quaid's uh, Dreamscapes. I made her watch that because that movie scared the <laughs> shit out of me when I was a kid. And I watched it and I'm like, what am I? Is this what am I watching? What kind of He-Man fever dream is this? <laughs> the month of march and we are doing something very different for the month of march we're actually doing two episodes uh one film that reaches into the vault and then another one that is going to be released this month onto streaming service uh hbo max so we're excited about that we are uh so this episode though that you're listening to is not that episode <laughs> sorry um instead you're gonna have to settle with um jaws 3d yeah. uh yeah so um it's spring break time and i figured we do jaws 3d since it's set in florida set at the grand opening of sea world in florida and what a way to get people to go to sea world florida than to make a, a horror disaster movie about a shark getting revenge on SeaWorld Florida for killing her baby. Right. Well, I mean, a lot of people want to get revenge on SeaWorld Florida for something. <laughs> Why should Jaws oh. be any different? Oh, and, and it just so happens that uh, Brody, um, the, the Roy Scheider character from the first two movies, his children just so happen to work at SeaWorld Florida. Oh. What you don't the- understand is that Jaws has a really intricate intelligence network akin to MI6's <laughs> FBI. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're, it's all connected. Yeah, he works for you... the Shark Mossad, and he just tracked him down. Now he's going to get him out. It's it is this movie is to sharks what Taken is to humans. So when sharks watch this film, they're like, "Yeah, that's what that Liam Neeson character was like in those 18 Taken." <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, let's take it. Let's take it back here. Actually, let's take it back to the original Jaws movie. So, 
I was not allowed to see the original Jaws until I was about, I'd say, like around seven or eight years old. Because, one, um, it, I was just a year old when the first Jaws came out. That tells you how old I Humble am. Humble brag. Yeah. <laughs> Humble brag. Yeah. So, By the way, I'm only answering to Simon McCorkendale tonight. That's <laughs> the only name I'll answer to. So I was, of course, way too young to to see a movie about a shark eating people. So when I was finally allowed to see the movie, I knew about Jaws. I mean, because I grew up t- hearing people talk about it and everything. And so my parents were like, OK, we'll let you watch it. Scared the living shit out of me. Really? I, yes. I didn't even want to go in a swimming pool for a few weeks because I was afraid that a uh, shark would be in the swimming pool. That's how paranoid that movie made me. I was more scared of Quint. I didn't want to go into a <laughs> boat with an old guy on it ever to this day. Um, if I hear the quote, here's the swimming with bow legged women, I, I'm out of there. Boom, gone. <laughs> how old were you when you first saw Jaws? Oh, I was pretty young. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I grew up in a house that uh, not only condoned the watching of horror movies, but, uh, it was forcibly applied. So as I've said on this show before, the first, my first movies, you know, the first movies I remember watching that aren't star Wars or blazing saddles. It's so much as explained where the fog, the thing (laughs) jaws. Um, So those were movies that absolutely, I was, I was pretty young when I first watched jaws and I I guarantee it's probably why I hate the ocean. Like, I don't want to go. I'll never go. I don't go anywhere where I can't see the shore because F that. Why would you do that? That is mm-hmm. an insane thing to do. Um, but the the best Jaws story I have was when they released uh, what I don't remember. It was Christmas. It, they released a it was VHS, if that gives you any indication. I was working at Suncoast Picture Company. Oh, and they wow. Re- and they released and it might have been 25th. What was what would the 25th anniversary of Jaws have been? Oh, that would have been, let's see here, because it came out in 75, so... 90. That would have been, would have been, would have been 90? No, that would have been 15, so it would have been 2000. That's, okay, so that works. I was, it had to have been the 25th, then they released the letterboxed, real nice letterboxed version of Jaws, and it was at Christmas, and the way that the mall I was working with was set up was the kind of inside part of the mall, like the, where the, right below the food court, if the food court's above it, Below it is where they would set up Santa Claus Mm -hmm. for all the kids, and they would run the kids right down in front of Suncoast Picture Company and then down the way where the kids would wait, and they would send us loops. I don't know. I don't know if you ever worked for a video store, but they would send us loops. You know what? It's funny. At one point, I did help out with Suncoast. So, yes. uh, Yeah. I I know about the loops. Yeah. We had a bank of CRT TVs in the front, and they would send us loops with new releases that you could buy, like like trailers, essentially, uh, that would just run on a on a you know 24 hour or, or an eight I guess a 12 hour cycle. One of the things on the loop was the Jaws trailer for the movie. So kids are standing right there waiting for Santa Claus and on the screen is the woman getting, you know, the 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 trailer for Jaws. Her getting grabbed and dragged down in blood. <laughs> screaming and we couldn't figure out why. And eventually a parent came in and was like, "You have to turn that off." <laughs> and we didn't. Uh, that's my uh Yeah, so I I I'm into Jaws. I'm into Jaws. 
Yeah, I I love Jaws. It's one of my all-time favorite movies. It it honestly is. I absolutely love everything about the film. I love the excitement level. I love the music. I love the acting. I love the way it was made. I love watching people's reactions seeing it for the first time because they scream at the same scenes I screamed at when I was a kid. Um and so, yeah, I mean, Jaws has a very special place in my heart. I'm, I, I am a fan of Jaws 2, even though it's not as strong as the first one. I do enjoy Part 2 also. And what, so when Jaws 3D came out, it, it, this was it was huge. It was this big thing because 3D was making its short-lived renaissance at that point. And, of course, you know, what better thing to do than get a shark attack movie in 3D? Well, sure. So, you know. That the box office and, and and it was it was but the thing is, is the execution was so batshit bonkers on what they did come up with with jaws 3d that it's amazing it did make any money because it was so wretched but then along came jaws the revenge and said hold on hold my beer and <laughs> made jaws 3 look like a masterpiece against that film. sure sure also one of the wi- most widely stolen, I guess, um, I'm not going to say w- one of the most, but definitely a widely stolen concept for um, for movies uh, uh, after this, which is the 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 sea, the sea, I, I don't know, building that's getting attacked by animals, whether that's something like Deep Blue Sea or, or you know, mm-hmm. it's been done. It's now been done to death. Mm-hmm. Especially during the shark assaults that happened like ten years ago. Good lord, so many shark movies. <laughs> I watched them all, baby. <laughs> Here's the great thing about this, and honestly, I kind of wish that um, this is the movie that was made. A little backstory about Jaws three. You, Original- by the way, I just want to be clear: you lied to me and you told me Bukowski was in this, and I thought it was Charles Bukowski. Turns out <laughs> it's Leah Thompson. So you're a liar. <laughs> So, by the way, this is Leah Thompson's film debut. So her career survived Jaws 3D. She had, so she, she had better, a Jennifer Aniston. Yeah, <laughs> she, she better had. she better be happy she got back to the future. Um, so when this film was originally being developed, it was being developed by Dan Brown and Richard Zanuck. The the, the writer the two, Dan the, Brown. Uh huh. Uh, well, David Brown. They were the um, they were they were I the producers of the Brown. first. Oh Keep no! Lying David about Brown. writers to me on this episode, man. <laughs> they um, they were the producers of the first two film, and they wanted the third one to be a National Lampoon movie. Uh, it was going to be called National Lampoon's Jaws Three: People Zero, and it was going to be a flat-out comedy being written by John Hughes and Maddie Simmons. They were writers at the time for National Lampoon, and the movie was going to be about a movie studio trying to make a new Jaws movie. And it was going to open with author Peter Benchley being eaten up in the pool by a shark, uh, shark costumed aliens and Bo Derek naked being chased by them. Sure. Because, I mean, if you can make Bo Derek naked getting chased by an alien dressed as a shark, why wouldn't you? <laughs> uh, Joe Dante was was hired to be the director of this production. Really? Yeah. Okay. And it was all set ready to go until they brought it up to Steven Spielberg. And Steven Spielberg said, if you do this movie, I quit Universal Pictures. Really? Mm-hmm. So uh, Universal said, 
okay, uh, we're not going to do this movie, which then led to David Brown and Richard Zanuck to quit Universal Studios because uh, they were very upset that this movie wasn't allowed to be made. But what gets me is, is that Steven Spielberg absolutely said no to that, but said yes to this. Well, I'm sure that it's on paper. It probably looks a lot better pre pre-production than what we got. Mm-hmm. You know, it, 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 you can't capture the magic of the first Jaws, you know, with the broken robot Jaws and you had to make it look <laughs> scary and shit like that in 3D with Lou Gossett Jr. Lou Gossett Jr. <laughs> Sorry, he's no Roy Scheider. Fresh off of his Oscar win from an Oscar uh, from an officer and a gentleman. Iron Eagle. Lou Gossett Jr. follows that up with. This role that, if memory serves me right, he literally just faxes in. Oh, it's sure. Like, <laughs> so, um, the film also has Dennis Quaid. And this is when Dennis Quaid was really starting to break out. Um, like we mentioned, this does have Leah Thompson in her acting debut as well. And um, the film also stars the... The very wonderfully forgettable Bess Armstrong as the female lead, who's who went on to become that actress that was like, who is she? <laughs> what do I what do I know her from? Yeah, and then of course the incredibly wonderfully named Simon McCorkendale. Yes, what can I do for you? <laughs> Just so y'all know, Bess Armstrong was the Tia Leone of the eighties. <laughs> Nice. She she, she married uh, Red Shoe Diaries Mulder. <laughs> she married Red Shoe Diaries Mulder, Chris. He said, "Okay, sure." <laughs> Can't say Tia Leone without me expecting me not to bring up uh, David Duchovny. <laughs> um, the rest of the cast I, are pretty much, you know, uh, really unknowns. To be honest with you, I don't recognize anyone else's name in this cast. I just love saying love saying Simon Mc. I'm gonna call him Simon McDorkenbush. Um, <laughs> well, did did McCorkendale do anything else? Oh my God! Yeah, of course he did. What am I thinking? <laughs> but what am I think I never knew that guy's name was McCorkendale. What the <laughs> hell? <laughs> He was manimal for shit's yes, sake. Yes, he was manimal. We have manimal in this right. movie. Yep. All right, I'm back in. I was out, you <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> so no they're coming after him. He's the informant. <laughs> He's the shark informant. Manimal. So, did you see this movie in the theaters? I want to say that I did. I also do not have any recollection of. <clears throat> I, that's not true. I have scenes of like Glue Gossett Jr. the the scene where the the shark is attacking like the glass tube or the big win- the window. Mm-hmm. I have that in my head sort of, and then I have the scene where I have a Dennis Quaid like in a boat, like 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 a like a, it was like a like a ski boat because I don't think it was like a sea dew. That's early for sea dews. They had some sort of an underground apparatus that they used at one point. I remember that, which I thought was like, ooh, high tech. And I'm, I'm pretty sure while I'm watching this movie, I'm going to be making C-Lab 2021 jokes. Um, 
but but I have no recollection of anything really. <laughs> I, I, glimpses. It could be past lives. It could. Be... <laughs> I do remember seeing this in the theater actually, and I mean, being such an impressionable young kid, it did scare the hell out of me as a kid because it was in 3D. But then I grew up and watched it. The last time I watched it, oh God, how old was I? I can't remember how old I was. But I remember the last time watching it thinking to myself, God, this movie scared me. What? I was a pussy. Uh, <laughs> Your dreamscape moment where it's like, what in, <laughs> What the fresh hell is this? Um, some great trivia also about this movie besides what it was originally going to be. Uh, Roy, Schneider, uh, Roy Schneider apparently was approached to be in this film. And he, as he stated in um, his biography, he said that uh, Mistopheles couldn't even force him to do this movie. He was absolutely done with the Jaws franchise. And to make sure that they couldn't try to talk him into doing the role, that's why he purposely made the movie Blue Thunder. Uh, so that way he was busy. Um which honestly turned out to be a, be a better move because Blue Thunder was a kick-ass movie. Listen, Blue Thunder is a kick-ass movie. So, <laughs> and you know what else kicks choice. ass? Airwolf. That kicks ass too. <laughs> so yeah, he made the better choice by going on to star in Blue Thunder. Um, Dennis Quaid, whenever you bring this movie up, he'll say, I was in Jaws what? <laughs> you should own it. <laughs> so he refuses to own this movie. Um, the, there, there, there is a dolphin in this movie that has a starring role as well. Uh, the, the, the dolphin is, a, is called Sandy, a female dolphin, although played by a male dolphin. Um, the dolphin is actually part of SeaWorld Orlando, specifically in Discovery Cove. So, uh, you have that. The dolphin is now 50 years old. Good Lord. All right. Yeah. So still alive. Uh, <laughs> um, the original idea for Jaws 3D when they came up with it before going with the SeaWorld idea was what would happen if a great white shark somehow got trapped in fresh water, swam, okay. up, swam upstream, and got stuck in a lake in the Martha Vineyards area. That's fantastic. I'd watch that movie. <laughs> to me, which is a better idea for a movie. And you may laugh, but that actually happened in this. Mm -hmm. It can't have the plot to Lake Placid. <laughs> kind of, yes. <laughs> so to me, that would have been a better idea. And so the screenplay writer, Richard, Richard Matheson, when he saw what they, you know, butchered his screenplay into anyway, he was ready to disown the film. Uh, what so? Um, this was a major, major player in the, like I said, in the renaissance of 3D. The movies that came out during this whole renaissance of 3D in the uh, 80s was, it started off with the movie Coming At Ya, which I never saw in the theaters. I don't even think it was released in my area, but apparently it was a box office hit. Okay. So that launched the craze again so after that came parasite and uh the only notable thing about parasite is that it was demi moore's acting debut okay then 1983 hit 
And, <laughs> and all hell broke loose. Well, actually, no. Prior to 1983, we also had Friday the 13th Part 3 in 1982. Oh. So that that 3D movie happened, but not a lot of people got to see it because not a lot of theaters were still converted over to the proper 3D process because you needed special cameras to project it, a special silver screen. It was a headache. But by the time 1983 came around, the theaters were ready. So in 1983, we had this one. Mm-hmm. Um, and another movie that we've done on here, Amityville 3D. <laughs> oh, so good. Um, Did and we ever find out what, <laughs> what, where that boat came from? No. Okay. We, cool. still, we still haven't figured out where that boat came from. Sweet. Um, and then two films that honestly we're going to have to do on this show at some point. Uh, Space Hunter, The Adventure in the Forbidden Zone, okay. starring starring uh, Iron Mike, uh, Michael Ironside and uh, Molly Ringwald. Nice. And the Indiana Jones ripoff, Treasure of the Four Crowns. See, I don't even know what that is. So fire yeah. that one up. We'll do that one for sure. <laughs> and then along came also another one we need to do on this show at one point, Metal Storm, The Destruction of Jared Sin. Okay. Just an awesome title. And then it died out with the release of the animated movie Star Chaser, The Legend of Orin, which is a Star Wars ripoff. And at that point, uh, people realized that only crappy movies were being made in 3D. Right. So they said, forget it. Um, but this one has went on to become the butt in for a lot of jokes because it has what has been declared by many, many critics and film historians as one of the worst special effect shots if not the worst special effect shot in cinema history uh which is the shark coming towards the glass plane of the main office to break mm-hmm. in and attack Lou Gossett jr that's what uh, i remember yep. <laughs> um yeah it's special I, I've seen that scene again, and even for 1983 standards, it was bad. It's rough. I mean, it's rough. Um, and again, this is not the way I think I would want to promote SeaWorld in Florida. Is <laughs> is with this film? Uh, are you ready to uh, dive yeah, let's into go. it? I'm into it. I want to see my animal. <laughs> Oh, and again, this movie is rated PG. This was before the advent of PG-13 for people who don't want to, do want to follow along and watch with us on this. Uh, this is on uh, HBO Max for those who have it. And keep in mind, yes, this movie is rated PG, even though it's got a higher gore level than the original Jaws does in 1975. <laughs> so, all right, well, let us dive on into uh, No Pun Intended to Jaws 3D. Yeah. A creature alive today has survived millions of years of evolution. It lives to kill a mindless eating machine that will attack and devour anything. One terrified you like nothing you have ever experienced when it captured your imagination and tapped your fear like no movie before it. Then, just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water, two continued the legend and spread the fear. 
Next summer, nature's most terrifying creature takes on an all-new dimension in an all-new adventure. And for the first time, the terror of Jaws will not stop at the edge of the screen. Jaws 3D. The third dimension is terror. We are back. Yeah, we watched it. Oh, my good job. God. And a good oh my god, actually. Um, I'm gonna go out there and say it. I haven't had this much fun watching a movie since Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park. It was good. I don't think it. I, I know you feel like it's at that level. I don't know if it is. I think Twice Dead is still above it for me. <laughs> this thing was just the fact this film had the balls. To go there and say, yeah, this is the best we can give you. (laughs) (laughs) To me, it's like, wow. I mean, it it went there. I mean, first of all, yes, I was making C-Lab jokes every time they went underwater to the uh, the underwater lagoon or the control center or that weird, like, submergible scuba thing that they were swimming in. I, I I was I was hearing the C Lab jokes and I and and even when Jaws was attacking the c- controllers I was like well fa- fuck Pod Six you know <laughs> right. all the jokes are going in my head <laughs> right Hashmont Sex you know yes. it's it's all in there by <laughs> uh, God yeah I was cracking up so hard this is one of the best unintentional comedies I've seen in a while. <laughs> The the comedy bits were even like over the top comedy bits. They were like uh, Tim and Eric. They were like Tim Heidecker bits. They were. <laughs> there's one scene in this. It's apropos of nothing involving the plot really, but there's a guy who gets jawsed, um, and his wife uh, comes <laughs> to see Dennis Quaid. It like throws his clothes his clothes at him because he didn't come home the night before. Mm-hmm. But just that whole scene was just like so over the top it could have been a neon joe werewolf hunter and it wouldn't have missed a beat i don't want him i i, I hate the bastard but i don't want any harm i don't want to see any harm come to him <laughs> it's like, what? oh and how about that bar outfit she wore that was peak early 80s outfit oh, the the peak early 80s fashions were just chef's kiss <laughs> the waitress in the bar, the um, you know anything that Leah Thompson wore was fantastic. <laughs> um, you know, a lot of headbands, a lot of real short shorts. Good times oh, all God, around. Especially Dennis Quaid shorts. I was waiting Listen, for all to pop out. What is Jaws? Is it if not Dennis Quaid persevering, Roy? <laughs> That's what I want to know. <laughs> I love the fact that, you know, here he is. He's he's Adrian Brody's son. He works at at SeaWorld. He survived not one but two shark attacks. And when the shark attacks at SeaWorld, he goes, what was that? Yeah, no, I wrote you that. He's like, he's like what is that? What you, You're a marine goddamn biologist. You survived two shark attacks as a kid. And you work and you don't at know what a SeaWorld. Shark you dumb shit. It's a shark. That's what it is. And it's not even Jaws. It was just a shark. 
It wasn't even like a big shark, just a normal sized great white shark. Nope, it was a baby shark. Da, 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 da. It was. Yeah, no, it was. It was. I hate you, but it was. <laughs> so, um, I mean, we're just going to jump all over the place here because this film is just as, as random as our discussion here. Um, you wanted me to mention to you about the. <laughs> I can only imagine why the <laughs> the bumper boat scene. No, so th- this whole movie is built around just like every Jaws movie with the like any slasher film, right? It's it, there's a villain in the form of Jaws. There's also a secondary uh, anti-hero in the form of Manimal, yeah. and there that or it could be the mayor. It could be Manimal, you know, it could be whatever it is, but there's always like a, a second anti-villain, you know, like like anti-hero. And then there's your heroes, your your Dennis Quaid's and your Dennis Quaid's brother, Breck and Meyer look alike Dennis Quaid brother, um, running around out there. The real villain of this goddamn movie, the apex villain. Is there's a scene where Breckenmeyer, that's just that's his, that's Dennis Quaid's brother. <laughs> oh, that's what he looks like. <laughs> and Leah Thompson are on a date. They're having a date day at the They're park. They're having a date day at her job. At her job at the park where they live and work in, the, in this mining town um, that is SeaWorld. Oh. And of SeaWorld, Florida. <laughs> you know, and, and they're having this date and they're doing they're doing all this date stuff. And then um there's a scene where uh you know Jaws is coming to get them, but they don't know that. And they're on these bumper boats. And there's there's a really quick scene of them on a bumper boat trying to start the bumper boat. They're standing up in the bumper boat trying to pull start the motor on the bumper boat. And this bucket cap where an asshole <laughs> just comes out of nowhere and bumps their boat and knocks them over. Well, they're not, they're just trying to start their boat. That's the villain in this movie. That asshole is the villain that stands out to me more than anything else that happened in this film is that guy. I wish I could isolate that scene. Cause it is, it is a horrifying 10 seconds of anti-humanity. So here's one logistics thing about this movie that was making that totally made me take took me out of the element and made me go, all right, this film is utterly ridiculous. Let's go with it. One scene. Well, well, no, there's just this one element that made me realize oh. none of this movie can be taken seriously at you mean all. Like the pinnacle scene to top all yeah. scenes. Okay, so this film is set at SeaWorld in Florida. SeaWorld in Florida has actually already been established in this movie. So it wasn't grand opening of SeaWorld Florida. It was just grand opening of this brand new attraction, the Underwater Lagoon. SeaWorld Florida is in Orlando, Florida. Orlando, Florida is in the center of the state. Yet, in this movie, they're talking about how all the water from the lagoon for the underwater kingdom that they've built for this underwater attraction and also for the ski show is salt water coming in from the Atlantic Ocean. And I'm like, how? You're in the middle of a fucking state. <laughs> Roy, I am Lou Gossett Jr. There are two tubes. <laughs> there are two tubes. The minute We're never going to turn the tubes off, Roy. That costs a billion dollars. There are two tubes, Roy. The minute that was brought up, I immediately paused the the player and I said, wait a minute. 
and then broke out the map to make sure. And yeah, sure enough, the only bodies of water that I see in Orlando are the man-made lake at SeaWorld and all of the lakes at Walt Disney World. That's it. So unless they're siphoning the water off of Walt Disney World, it ain't coming from the Atlantic Ocean. You don't understand. There are two tubes. <laughs> There's a tube coming in. There's a tube going out. That's how they get their water. It oh, doesn't look good. Lou Gossett Jr. as this movie's version of the mayor from the first film. I mean, he made the stupid mistakes made by the mayor look like smart decisions in this movie. So my question about Lou Gossett Jr.'s character is his last name like his last name's like Devereaux or something. <laughs> yeah, is he related to Blanche? Is he Cajun? Because about a third of this movie he is. And then the rest of it he does not have that accent. <laughs> Yeah, he, he slips between accents. He slips between a Cajun accent to Lou Gossett Jr. accent. And I, I also noticed he was, like, trying to basically imagine a PG-rated version of Samuel L. Jackson. He definitely was proto-Samuel L. Jackson in this film. You know, this is – how much of how much of Deep Blue Sea was borrowed from this movie? <laughs> I was waiting for him to scream how he uh, has had it with these motherfucking sharks in <laughs> motherfucking park. I mean, oh God, this movie. I mean, it's just, I mean, I was just giggling and just, I couldn't stop giggling at, at the ridiculousness. And then you have these moments that are supposed to be serious, but they come off comical. Like when the shark attacks um, the two poachers who are trying oh, yeah. to steal coral out of the lagoon. And I mean, the attack was enough. But oh no, Jaws has to eat the inflatable raft. Yeah, you got to dispose of the evidence. <laughs> it's, it's like, like he's a serial killer all of a sudden and hiding the evidence. Yeah, he's got to dispose of the evidence. The one that made me laugh the most was when Jaws was um, Jaws was coming into the the, the Sea World proper, like, and it was the uh, the synchronized water ski team. Yes. And they turned around and looked and saw Jaws and started freaking out and like whipping their legs and climbing all over these dudes. And that made me laugh really hard. It shouldn't have, but it really did. I also love the establishing shots in the beginning of the movie, where in the beginning of the film, you can tell it was shot in an aquarium. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and then we get at this point, this is like where 3D comes into play because Jaws bites the sh- fish and for oh, no so reason dumb. whatsoever the fish's head just floats there gulping yeah. for- <laughs> and there's a bad dissolve that brings up yeah it's the the uh the title card was awesome the william freaking uh like uh richard donner title cards were fantastic <laughs> especially when it came up and it did that chomp I was like, oh, my God. The 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 shoehorned – one of my favorite things about 3D movies is the shoehorned 3D effects oh, and that happen. Blessing. Like uh, like when, when we were watching Amityville and the, 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 the something blew up and came at your face at the end mm-hmm. for 3D effect. Like like the 3D effects that they would do in this that would come – like for the effect of coming right at you mm-hmm. um, were, were pretty fantastic. Well, I mean, I love the fact that we had purposely a, a, a frog jump into our, our face. Our face. Yeah, we had a face frog. We did. Um, I also love the fact that they totally ignored that it was a camera lens 
because it, it forgot or maybe they forgot it was a camera lens at a couple of points because the, when they're injecting the needle with the tranquilizer for the shark and then they squirt it at the camera and you see yeah. ooze off the camera. Yep. I, I'm just like, maybe you should have cut away before we see the ooze. But worst of all is during the big climax of the movie, <laughs> there's the decompression chamber and the water's draining out and you see the water just dripping and falling off of the camera lens. Uh-huh. And yeah. I'm like, you're not even trying at this point. <laughs> Oh, God. Or no, the worst one, the worst one was in the climax when they explode, um, when they explode Jaws and uh, his jawbones come at you and just float in front of your face like they're haunted. Yeah. And then along with like the um, the really bad early 80s computer graphic blood that was spreading all over the place when the explosion happened. I was just like, okay, we have the explosion, but now you have to add this really bad Apple IIe colorized red graphic of spreading blood behind the There's one. There was a scene where he's in the, by the way, the, uh, the most uncomfortable submersible I've ever seen in a fictionalized movie. <laughs> <laughs> and they're going down to work on the uh, tunnels because everybody gets trapped. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're submerging into the thing. No, no, this is when they were going to the pirate ship. Um, to find the guy that they think was dead. Um, and that's and the when it thing, became the episode of Flipper. Yeah, and Sea Lab. Yeah, because the thing's descending, and you've got the underwater thing. The 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 thing banks, and it almost completely disappears. Yeah. Because of the bad effects that now we can see because of HD, it's just like burp, <laughs> and it's just gone. I'm like, oh god, oh god. <laughs> The yeah, awful superimposed jaws just not moving. Yeah. Just coming at the screen. <laughs> coming at the screen and then pauses to shatter the glass. You know, at least he was considerate. By the way, uh, I don't think sharks can swim backwards. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, it's okay. This movie, like I mentioned before, is known for its bad special effects and having the worst special effects ever. That scene of the motionless shark crashing into the window is bad enough but no we get this great scene of an obvious rubber puppet shark that's probably about the size of a 16 ounce bottle of coke being shoved in and out of the control center at rapid speed and you you just are expecting to when you see it back up and move forward, you expect to hear this like with the motion that it's going through. Oh yeah, and the fact that the shark growls a lot. <laughs> yeah, he growls. Um, no, but there was a scene where Manimal is trying to trap him and blow him up in the in one of the tubes that we yeah. can't shut down. We can't shut down them tubes. Um. And uh, he gets trapped in there, and they, they lower a gate behind him. First of all, I have no clue how he how the force of his whipping tail rips open a steel gate. But hey, what are you gonna do? It's not well, touching. He's not slamming mama, it. That was because that was the mama shark, and the mama shark had the power. I guess it had the power <laughs> to create a, a cyclone underwater with her whippy tail, and then rip a steel door off the hinges. But yeah, that was also the, the thing about this movie is we had not one shark, but we had two sharks. We had the baby and the mama. But mama. Didn't, 
but didn't that shark swim into the tube? Yeah. And then swim backwards out of the yeah, tube? Yeah, backed out of the tube, yes. Sharks can't back out of a tube, no. dude. They can't shimmy their way out of things like that. No. I was there like, was, what is happening? There's absolutely no logic in There's this no movie. There's no reason to this movie. No, there isn't. There's no reason. Am I the only one who, when the people got trapped in the hub of the underwater, uh, the underwater lagoon attraction, and they were closed off, and they had the water up to their chest, was I the only one wanting the shark fin to pop up all of a sudden in the water? In the water, them? yeah. <laughs> attack them inside the mansion <laughs> like that. I just wanted Shelly Winters to show up and get her fat ass stuck in one of the portholes. <laughs> side adventure style. Uh, and boy, you talk about taking a corporate product and just ramming it into a movie. I mean, they mentioned Shamu once, but these right, damn right. dolphins, Cindy and Sandy, they wanted to make them stars of this film too because they had them like just crammed everywhere they could into this film. Uh huh. That's what, the, especially in the in the uh, the pirate ship moment, I was just like, "Yep, here comes the flipper episode." Because here was this, here was the 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 dolphin shaking her head like, "No, don't leave, don't go out. There's a shark out here." <laughs> they didn't really do anything either. That's the thing no. that pisses me off. Is like they 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 nudged Jaws a bunch. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. It wasn't even a bunch. It was like three times. They irritated Jaws, is what they did. Yeah, they didn't like full on like ram Jaws or get into a Jaws fight to to save the day. <sighs> Fucking Dennis Quaid. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what my favorite character in this entire movie was what? Manimal's manservant. Oh God. His cameraman slash manservant. Yeah. And do you know why? Why? Because he was either, regardless of whether he was in a wetsuit or he was in a suit having dinner at the restaurant at, at SeaWorld, he had that little diving knife tucked into his belt yes. the whole time. The whole my favorite, time. My favorite thing about that character. I swear, the, the, the person who runs SeaWorld, apparently all he does is spend time in that damn restaurant. Because that's, every time they go to look for him, that's where he's at, in the damn restaurant, unless the press is out there. Yeah, no grenades. <laughs> Yet he had a fucking grenade. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love the scene where he, is, where where the mama shark swallows him whole, and we see him struggling inside the mouth of the shark. Yes. Trying to stop himself from being swallowed whole by the shark. Yeah, but he wouldn't die. Like, that's the thing. Once you're in there, if it's that big, like, you got some room to maneuver. How did you get chomped on? Like you're inside because he was squiggling around like like he had an itchy butt or something. I, I don't guess. know. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I had too much fun watching this thing. And I mean, I, I yes, this movie is horrible. It's absolutely it's horrible. It's watchable, though. Like, but, that's the thing. Yeah. This is a film that you need to get a group of friends with at a party and watch. Yeah, it's what. It's watchable. It's not. That's the thing is, is that so many of the movies we watch are like horrible and, and time has no meaning and nothing matters. At least <laughs> this movie is watchable. It's just hilarious how little, how low effort it is. Yeah. 
for for something that's a big Hollywood product, it is so low effort. Yeah. And I mean, again, the effects. You have to see it, I guess, for the effects alone, because the effects are just jaw-droppingly bad, especially for something coming out of a major studio like Universal Pictures, and it being such a a high-profile product like Jaws. I mean... Their studio. I mean, that's one of the big things you go on the studio tram tour for when you go to Universal Hollywood is to see the damn shark attack you. Right. And that's even more realistic than the shark in this film. That's <laughs> yes, true. That's true. Because it doesn't just move at you on a dolly. Yes. <laughs> so if you have HBO Max, have fun. This, this thing is worth it. Skip Jaws the Revenge. That one is absolutely horrible. There's nothing redeemable about that movie whatsoever. Even Michael Caine can't do anything to save that film. This one's just hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. And, 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 and in the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> well, normally this is where we would announce what the next movie is. And, and as much as I'm dying to hear what you have in store for us for April, we have to wait because we're doing a special episode after this of a film that I think is safe to say has already become a cult film, even though it hasn't even been released yet. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like this generation's Snakes on a Plane, where it's become a cult film and it hasn't even been released yet. And I'm speaking of Justice League, the Snyder Cut. Right. The four-plus-hour epic that's divided into six parts with title cards. And... <laughs> And who knows if it's in black and white, if it's in color, if there's sound, if it's silent. I understand that um, if you decide to watch this, Junkie XL will come to your house with a keyboard and play it as if you were in a silent, watching a silent movie. He'll just sit in the corner for four and a half hours and just play this little keyboard. <laughs> like while Batman's running. That'd be great. I just want to know if there's a scene where uh, Batman is standing at the gate of uh, Wayne Manor trying to pick up five coffees and some donuts and trying to juggle it all at the same time. No, he's going to be outside of a he's absolutely going to be outside of a Duncan with with a cigarette and a coffee just leaning against the wall like, oh, God, why do you want to kill me? <laughs> Shit. Oh, I can't wait to see this damn thing yeah i can't i am so excited every day that goes by some other weird shit comes out about it and i'm like yes yes <laughs> bring it to me now so we so in a couple of weeks we will release the justice league episode and then at that time andy will spring on to me what he has chosen for me to watch in the month of april and we will go from there can't i can't wait i'll be shocked if you haven't seen this okay. frankly i'm gonna be kind of shocked if you haven't seen it Okay. I'll say that. If you if you have if you have seen it, I could give a shit less we're watching it again. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, gang. Well, thank you very much for tuning in for us to talk about Jaws 3D. You can find us again on Twitter at these films exist. Uh, we're on Facebook still as well. And um, if you're not listening to us through Spotify, you can find us there as well. And we will see you in a couple of weeks for Justice League. Yo. Talk to you later. In the great hall of the Justice League, 
there are assembled the world's four greatest heroes, created from the cosmic legends of the universe. Superman. Wonder Woman. Batman. Aquaman. And those three junior super friends, Wendy, Marvin, and Wonder Dog. Their mission, to fight injustice, to right that which is wrong, and to serve all mankind.